This is Evidence-Based GI, and I'm Philip Schoenfeld, Editor-in-Chief. Today, we'll be discussing the appropriate timing of colonoscopy for patients hospitalized with an acute lower GI bleed. With me to discuss this is Dr. Shreya Kumar of the University of Miami Miller School of Medicine, to discuss a recent publication in gastrointestinal endoscopy entitled Timing of Colonoscopy in Acute Lower GI Bleeding, a Multicenter Retrospective Cohort Study. Welcome, Dr. Kumar. It's great to have you back on the podcast. Let's first talk about why this is an important topic. Thank you for having me. I thought the study was was really interesting. So, you know, we all know that acute lower GI bleeds pose a dilemma to us as gastroenterologists. Colonoscopy certainly plays a role in diagnosing, especially identifying the etiology, but endoscopic therapy is limited. And we know that timing is tricky, and this is really exemplified by the changing guidelines. The old ACG guidelines recommended endoscopic evaluation within 24 hours of presentation, but this contrasted with the British and European guidelines. And this lack of consensus was really driven by conflicting literature. Multiple randomized control trials had found no significant benefit by early colonoscopy, while some systematic reviews and meta-analyses suggested that at least you could find higher rates of stigmata of bleeding. More recently, there are actually new ACG guidelines that state performing an urgent colonoscopy within 24 hours has not been shown to improve clinical outcomes. And this is a strong recommendation with moderate quality evidence. And this study is part of that newer evidence. This is similar to the dilemma we face when people present with hematemesis and hemodynamic instability. And the new ACG guideline is saying that we now have enough data to demonstrate that trying to do a rapid purge followed by early colonoscopy within 24 hours does not impact clinically important outcomes. And therefore, it's better to make sure you hemodynamically resuscitate the patient and take your time getting a bowel purge done so you can get adequate visualization. So what are the investigators in this study would support the new guideline recommendations? What did they do? Yeah, so they, they sought to answer whether early colonoscopy, that's colonoscopy within 24 hours, is beneficial as it comes to rebleeding or other clinically important outcomes. And they compared it to colonoscopy that was performed if electively within 24 to 48 hours or late within 48 to 120 hours. So it was a multi-center retrospective study of patients who underwent a colonoscopy within that 120-hour time frame, and it was conducted across 49 hospitals in Japan. They did exclude some people, those who had a prior lower GI bleed, those who didn't receive a colonoscopy or received it after the 120-hour mark, those who had post-procedural bleeding, colorectal cancer, upper GI bleed, or bleeding after a surgery. And patients were classified into these three groups, early, elective, or late colonoscopy. Their primary outcome was re-bleeding rate, and they had secondary outcomes, identifying stigmata of recent hemorrhage, 30-day mortality, needing interventional radiology or surgery, the amount of transfusions patients required, and the length of hospital stay. They basically conducted pretty sophisticated analyses and inverse probability of treatment weighting propensity scores and 
what that did is it essentially mimicked a randomized control trial in this retrospective study. And the goal of that is to basically balance the baseline covariates between the arms of the study. So in this case, the early elective and late colonoscopy groups. Sure. That's always the difficulty with this type of study. If you do a true randomized controlled trial, it's very difficult to enroll enough patients. If you do a retrospective analysis, there are all kinds of confounders, even though you can have a much larger study group. And these investigators did a good job with their propensity scoring to try to correct for that. What were the results? So it was interesting. In the early group, they actually found that there was an increased rate of identifying stigmata recent hemorrhage, there were more endoscopic therapies performed, and length of hospital stay was shorter. But it was actually the early colonoscopy group that had an association with a higher 30-day rebleeding rate. And importantly, there were no significant differences in the requirement for interventional radiology or surgery procedures, no difference in mortality or the amount of red blood cells transfused. The authors did some subgroup analyses as well, and they found that certain subgroups may benefit from early colonoscopy. So for example, they found that those with moderate or severe shock had lower rates of interventional or surgery requirement during the stay, and those with poor performance status had better, but not significant, not statistically significant rebleeding rates. So that sort of poses a question of, are there certain groups that might actually benefit from early colonoscopy or other early evaluation? And in a way that it makes sense that patients who present with moderate to severe shock might benefit from early colonoscopy in case those are patients who have ongoing bleeding. And if they're continuing to actively bleed, then getting them scoped quickly gives you an opportunity to stop that ongoing bleeding and, and lead to improvement in important outcomes like mortality. And that really does go along with what's in the new ACG guideline, which certainly allows an endoscopist to do an early colonoscopy if the patient has moderate to severe shock and isn't responding to hemodynamic resuscitation. What do you do in your practice? You know, I think the, the updated ACG guidelines reflect my practice well, and I think the study really, really sort of bolsters that. So I do generally recommend colonoscopy for patients who require hospitalization. I will add a caveat that I consider whether the bleeding has stopped and if they've had a recent high-quality colonoscopy that showed diverticular disease and no other pathology. So that way, if I have a high suspicion that it's convincingly a diverticular bleed, which has subsided and the patient is otherwise well, I, I do try to have a conversation with them about the utility of repeat colonoscopy. This study doesn't address CT angiogram, but I do utilize it for patients who are unstable and particularly those who I think would tolerate colonoscopy poorly, such as those with poor performance status or severe shock. But for others, I recommend resuscitation, ideally holding anticoagulants, and a non-urgent but inpatient colonoscopy. And so I think the other option that I consider in my own practice is whether or not to get an early CT angiogram if the patient doesn't have an elevated creatinine. Unfortunately, it seems like most of my patients with acute lower GI bleeds have elevated creatinines too. But if they don't and they have moderate to severe shock, then that might be an option Two, per the new ACG guidelines, 
to get a CT angiogram first. And if it shows ongoing bleeding, to then immediately have the interventional radiologist embolize the appropriate blood vessel to get the bleeding to stop. And that can be great because then we don't have to worry about getting that rapid purge to allow us to visualize the mucosa. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that also ties into to the fact that our endoscopic therapies can be limited in lower GI bleeds. Often we're just not able to visualize the exact area of bleeding. And so to have sort of durable and early hemostasis can certainly improve outcomes. Any areas for future research? Absolutely. I think one of the, the more interesting findings was that those with poor performance status can benefit in terms of early colonoscopy. As you said, it it really makes sense that those with a, a more severe shock and disease could benefit, but I would like to, to evaluate the poor performance group as well a little bit more. I think for both of these groups, I would want to know if CT angiogram can provide the same or greater benefit and if it's a more cost-effective approach that could decrease length of stay, decrease the amount of procedures. That the early group also had higher rebleeding rates similarly suggests that CT angiogram may be an appropriate first step for durable hemostasis. I think parsing out these, these questions could really identify which subgroups of patients warrant early colonoscopy. And that's pretty critical since we all know that colonoscopy is a, a resource-intensive procedure, particularly on nights and weekends, with the, which the authors actually themselves point out. Well, that goes along with the bottom line here, which is that when the ER or the medicine service is asking us to rush in and do a colonoscopy on these patients, that the vast majority of the time, it is not going to impact clinically important outcomes, and it's best to take our time, hemodynamically resuscitate the patient, and do an appropriate bowel prep so that we could visualize stuff and then do the colonoscopy. And that's supported now by both the data as well as the ACG guidelines, which I think is a helpful thing for our readers. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs>